Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the MTB Fitness Podcast. So the MTB Fitness Podcast, if you don't know, is the podcast run by me, Matt Mooney. I'm the owner of MTB Fitness. So MTB Fitness was set up about three years ago, and it's an online business that helps customers in 43 countries to date, um, all over the world. There's thousands of customers all over the world, and we basically help riders get fitter, faster, and stronger. We have a real focus and a real passion on helping your everyday riders. So MTB Fitness isn't for the racers as such, although it can help racers. It's really focused on your everyday rider, the kind of person who's obsessed with riding and who just wants to get fitter and faster and stronger on the bike so that they can enjoy riding more. This podcast is just an extension of that, essentially. It's another way for me to be able to help you to get fitter, faster and stronger. So if you're interested to hear more about MTB Fitness, just head over to the website. It's mtb.fitness or just Google MTB Fitness and on there, you'll be able to find all our social media channels because I put out a ton of content every single day, uh, especially on Facebook and Instagram. And you can also have a closer look at the training programs and the nutrition guide if you fancy. So just Google MTB Fitness, follow the link in the podcast or go to mtb.fitness. Now, in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about breaking my wrist, (laughs) a kind topic. Uh, So I'm currently sat here in a wrist cast. I'm going to be sat in a wrist cast for another four and a half weeks. It's already been five weeks, so it's a nightmare. (laughs) So in today's episode, I'm going to chat about how I broke my wrist, what lessons I learned from breaking it, and what it was like at first. And I'm basically going to be talking about everything around it. So how to deal with it mentally, how to deal with it physically. A lot of people have messaged me on social media when they've been seeing my stories and they've been like, how are you staying so positive with your with your wrist? Like every time on the photos, I've been smiling. Now, I've not always felt positive, but I'd like to think that I've kept my chin up most days and I've kind of cracked on with it. So in today's episode, I'm really going to dive into everything around how to deal with an injury, how to stay positive and how to keep moving forwards. Enjoy. Okay, so since I broke my wrist, I've been really kind of looking forward to and wanting to do this episode. I think that it's one that's going to give you a ton of value. Um, But let's start right at the beginning. Essentially, over the next 30 minutes, I'm going to be talking about how I broke my wrist, how it happened, what lessons I learned from it, what happened. And I'm going to be talking about how I sort of stayed focused mentally what I did instead with my training to make sure that I didn't get real that I haven't got really fat and kind of gone down a slippery slope Uh, and I'm just going to be talking about everything around how to deal with an injury how I've dealt with my injury and how you can deal with an injury so first of all I think starting with a general term it's important to understand as a mountain biker that at some point you're going to get injured like I'm sure if you've been riding for more than probably 12 months and you're listening to this you've had injuries and you know some have probably been worse than others 
most times, touch wood, when you crash, if you're a new mountain biker listening to this, you walk away from it and you're okay. You get a few scratches, a few bruises. You might limp away and it might dent your confidence a little bit, but you're generally okay. And then every now and again, it goes a bit more wrong and you end up having a worse crash. I think in the last kind of three years, four years, whatever it's been since I started riding again, I've torn ligaments in both ankles where I've rolled my ankle. Um, and this most recent one, I broke my wrist. When I was a teenager, I broke my other wrist. <laughs> All on mountain bikes. So it's just, it's kind of par for the course. You've got to, I think, accept to a certain extent that you're going to get injured at some point while you ride. Hopefully you won't, don't get me wrong. But I think, I think if you get into mountain biking and you expect to never get injured, then you're in for a bit of a rude awakening. And I think you kind of need to accept those risks in advance. There's things you can do to mitigate the risks, like, you know, wearing knee pads, wearing a helmet, um, riding the right sorts of trails, making sure your bike's set up properly to stop you getting injured in the first place. Um, and listening to kind of the warning signs, which I'm going to talk about today. But ultimately, you need to make sure that you are prepared to be injured at some point. And I think as well, the ones around you need to understand that you're going to get injured as well. Like as awful as it's been for Sophie, and um, while I've had a broken wrist, and I'll kind of talk about that, it's she kind of knows that I can get injured. So when it happens, while she hates it and she gets upset and she gets frustrated when she got to drive me around everywhere, she kind of knows that it's part of the sport, if that makes sense. So I think it's just hopefully you won't get injured and i really really hope that you don't end up with a bad injury like a broken wrist or whatever but kind of accepting in advance that it might happen is a big part of mountain biking and if you're a complete novice listening to this i'd kind of and you want to really really get into mountain biking i'd kind of accept that you might end up getting injured at some point because it's rare that you'll meet a mountain biker who's been riding for five years or more who's not had an injury now with that being said you can be really careful you can hopefully not fall off your bike you can go without getting injured it's not saying that you're going to be you know i've this is the first bone i've broken since i've been riding for three or four years and i think i've done I can't remember exactly, but I think this year I might have done about 700 miles. Now, it doesn't sound like much, but all of those have been off-road. All of those have been mountain biking. Um, I live right next to the trails. And to be honest, I'm like kind of tra- chasing Strava times, if you like. I'm wanting to get faster and faster and faster and faster. So when you're doing that, you're much more likely to hurt yourself. This is the first bone I've broken in the last three or four years of getting back into riding, riding two or three times every week. So it is rare, but it can happen. So, where to start? So, I suppose the first place that I'll probably be able to start, it'll be the best place to start, sorry, it'll be how I actually broke my wrist. And there's some lessons that I learned and some warning signs that I should have listened to. So, I picked up a new bike, first of all, from Col at KTM. This is a a loan bike. So, KTM brought out the new KTM Prowler, which is a 29-inch wheel bike. I'm currently riding 27.5-inch wheel bike. My Yeti frame snaps at the bottom. I didn't do a jump or anything like that. I think it was just a stress fracture over time and the bottom of the frame snapped. So Yeti were happy to replace it. They sent me a new frame straight away. But that meant that I had like three or four weeks without a bike. Sorry, I've just got a bit of a lump in my throat. (laughs) Don't want to burp on the podcast. (laughs) That's why my voice went weird. Ah, There we go. So Yeti were happy to replace the frame. 
So they sent another one back, but it meant that I had three or four weeks without my bike. So I got in touch with Cole, who owns Fly Distribution, who's been on this podcast, who's the distributor for KTM, sales agent for KTM, and he hooked me up with the new Prowler. So it's an amazing bike. It's like seven and a half grand's worth of bike. It was the new XX1 1x12, 29-inch wheels, everything brand spanking new. And it just, it absolutely flies like the... The way that it climbs and traverses stuff is amazing. And then when you point it downhill, it just batters through everything. So it's my first time on a 29er um, when I got on that bike. And I really enjoyed it. I think I might go 29er for my next one. Uh, in a couple of months, I'm thinking of getting the Yeti SB150 um, instead of my SB6. More on that another time. Um, so it's kind of like sold me over to 29-inch wheels a little bit. So... I'd ridden, I think, this KTM Prowler probably about three or four times on my local trails. And then I decided to head and loved it. No crashes, been absolutely great. And then I decided to take it to Gisborne. So I'd had one-to-one clients all morning. And then it was about 1 p.m. I was like, right, let's get to Gisborne. So I rushed home, shoved the bike on the roof, wolfed some food down and drove over to Gisborne Forest, which is about an hour, an hour and a half away from me. And on the way, I was getting a little bit stressed. Like, I'm generally quite a relaxed and positive person, as you probably know. But I was kind of getting annoyed at drivers in front of me. And then, you know, when the odd person will pull out of you in front of you on the motorway. And I was getting way more annoyed than I normally get rather than just like laughing and shaking my head. Um, I was I was just stressed, really. And then as soon as I got there, I was like, right, I need to get ready quick. So I wolfed a coffee down me. And as I was riding, I just felt uptight um, and rushed and stressed. Uh, around Gisborne. Now, there's no reason for me to feel like that, but that was a warning sign that I needed to chill out and slow down a bit. But me being me, I didn't. (laughs) So I carried on riding. And then when it got to the first few descents, I was rushing and I felt... I just wasn't one with the bike. I wasn't used to 29-inch wheels. I wasn't used to that new bike that I'd only ridden three or four times. And I just felt bad through the corners, through the trees. For those of you that don't know Gisborne Forest, it's um, a lot of technical climbing and then tight, twisty single track through the trees. And I just didn't feel comfortable cornering it. Um, And I just felt clumsy, if that makes sense. Now, what I should have done at that point was I should have slowed down I should have breathed, I should have sat for 20 minutes or just gone and done a blue run. That would have been ideal. I should have gone and done a blue run, nice and chilled out, just to relax myself and get myself into it. But I didn't. I kind of pushed through. And then I went up, for those of you that know Gisborne, I went up to the top of the slab, which is like a, I don't know, 15 foot steep slab, something like that. Sat at the top of that, tried to chill out for 5, 10 minutes, and then I went off the slab, did that fine did the jump and everything and then started going down the descent and I still felt quite uptight but I was just ignoring these feelings and trying to push on then after that there's some berms uh dry day quite dusty and I was going down those berms wasn't going faster than normal but I was going about the usual sort of pace that I go on my SB6 which is the bike I'm used to and I turned a berm and then uh, sort of a right-hand berm. And then as I was going around the berm, on my left, I noticed that there was like a little cut-through. And I remember thinking, oh, look at that cut-through. And then, bam, next thing I know, I'm on the floor. And it, like, literally, you know, sometimes you have those crashes where you go slow motion and you're going through the air, like, brrrr. <laughs> you kind of, like, know it's coming. And you're like, oh, this is going to hurt. Bam. <laughs> it wasn't one of those. It was one of those ones where one minute you're riding along and the next thing you're on the ground. Uh, it did happen so quick. 
So what had happened is I turned a corner and I'd looked at that, not really concentrated. I remember kind of letting off the brakes and because 29 inch wheels have a bit more momentum than I'm used to, the front wheel took off a little bit and I basically ended up turning the, I didn't necessarily wash out but I pulled the bars round too far if that makes sense. So I went off the bike and then it was solid rock so I put my right hand out to stop me landed straight onto um like hard rock essentially and then tumbled down this like hard bit of bit of trail <laughs> so um that's how it happened and i kind of when i got up i was like oh shit i've done something proper here. i could just tell i've broken a wrist before when i was a teenager and i just kind of knew that something wasn't right so i picked the bike up and i walked it back to the bottom of the trail with my left hand took a photo of my wrist as soon as it's happened because obviously it's not swollen straight away and i wanted to be able to compare the difference over the next couple of hours and for social media of course <laughs> so i walked it back to the bottom of the trails and funnily enough i bumped into a couple of people who follow mtv fitness so if you're listening to this and you were one of the people at the bottom of the trail hi <laughs> we ended up getting a photo so you got a photo with my broken with my broken wrist <laughs> uh, so they were really kind they offered to help me and walk me back and stuff like that um so at this point, I was about an hour and a half walk away from the car, and it was only my wrist. I didn't need like emer emergency like help or anything like that. So I also kind of knew that I shouldn't ride my bike back one-handed because I was on a bike. I didn't know the handlebars had twisted a bit, and I didn't have the two hands to be able to twist them back in, and I was on clipped-in pedals. So I walked it back over about an hour and a half. Now, one thing I tried to do at this point, because... I'm aware, if you've been listening to this for a while, you might remember when Ozzy, my best mate, came over the handlebars and ended up in an air ambulance. Now, that was like so stressful because me and Ozzy were on our own and that was just 10 out of 10 stress levels. Like, had to call in an ambulance, had to wave it down, thought he'd broken his neck. Like, he ended up going into like um, critical care or whatever it is. And it was just like, you know, a few hours of, it was terrifying to be quite honest. Now, because my cortisol and my adrenaline and my stress levels had gone up to like 100 out of 100. I was absolutely floored for the next few days. Like for the next four or five days, I was knackered and I really didn't want this to happen with this broken wrist. So what I did was I tried to stay calm and breathe and relax. So I just kept that right hand swinging by my side and I walked back to the car and it took about an hour and a half and I stopped a few times and kind of had some chats with mountain bikers. I watched a few people do some jumps um, and just had a bit of a laugh on the way and I was just trying to keep myself calm and relaxed to stop those adrenaline levels going too high because when you get adrenaline it goes real. When you get a big high you have to have a big low and I didn't want that big low afterwards. So I just tried to stay calm on the way. I think that's good advice, really. Like, if you're in serious need of help, you know, make sure you get help. But try and stay calm when you're injured. That's a big thing. So I walked it back to the car anyway. And then if you've been injured, you'll probably know that the adrenaline kicks in. It doesn't hurt that much at first. So my arm's dangling by my side. I'm looking at it, and it's starting to swell up a bit. I'm starting to look like I'm getting a golf ball in my wrist after about half an hour. But I was like doesn't hurt too much this you know it doesn't hurt too bad at all so i put the bike down i was like i'm just gonna check it and i just kind of touched my wrist a <laughs> bad move so i kind of let out like a bar <laughs> but because you're in gisborne and it's all um like uh, hills around you it kind of echoed <laughs> so this big echo went through the forest like bar, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and it was kind of at that point i was like yeah it's broken 
was 99% certain it was broken. So I got back to the car. Somebody came to help me put my bike on the roof. And then I drove home for about an hour. It was about an hour drive, like I say, home. Resting my arm on my lap and drove home. And then Sophie came, took me to the hospital. So there's a few lessons, I think. I'll kind of press pause at this point. There's a few lessons that I think we can all learn from this bit to stop injuries happening. I think, first of all, is when you're riding a new bike, take time to learn the bike. Don't be a dick like me and try and go as fast as you always go. Like, chill out and slow down a bit. If you feel uncomfortable on the bike, just get time to know it. Um, don't try and go as fast as you're going. Like, Strava times do not matter. It doesn't matter if you go a bit slower. What's more important is that you don't fall off and break your wrist like a moron <laughs> so when you're on a new bike get used to it learn it go slow get to the point where you feel comfortable the second thing is that mountain biking is a dangerous sport so that means that when you're doing it you need to be performing well and what i mean by that is you need to be in a good mental state now i was already rushed on the way to gisborne because i'd got like i said got a bit of road rage i was getting angry i was getting frustrated and i felt really rushed now that is not a conducive state for doing technical mountain bike riding trails what i should have done was started the first 20 minutes of that ride on a blue trail which is literally just like a flat bridle way because what that would have allowed me to do was just spin the pedals and chill out and then i would have had a much better ride because i would have calmed down but i ignored those signs and i pushed on regardless and that ended up with me falling off and getting injured so say the second thing, when you're stressed out, if you're going off the, onto a ride off the back of a really stressful day at work or if you've had an argument at home or anything like that, I would say start off by going slow and warming up into it and chilling out because you'll ride much better. You need to be having fun while you're riding and you need to be relaxed and I was neither of those things. I was rushed and stressed and it ended badly. The third thing, when you're injured... Um, Try and stay calm, try and relax because you'll deal with the whole situation a lot better and your loved ones will deal with it better as well if you're relaxed. So, sorry, I just bashed the mic. So, just stay stay relaxed, take deep breaths, take it easy. If you're okay and you can walk, you're okay. So, relax and go down. And I'd say on that note, make sure that you've got, if you're riding on your own like I was, make sure that you've got a fully charged mobile phone, make sure you know where you're going. Like I knew that there was riders in front of me and riders behind me. So if I'd fallen and knocked myself out, it would have been five or 10 minutes before somebody caught me up. Now, if I was on the moors on my own and I'd done that, that could be bad. So make sure you know where you are and make sure you're aware of kind of the potential downside to falling off and having a crash where you are i also had a mobile phone that had signal i'm not sure if i had signal where i crashed actually but i had a mobile phone so i could have called for help <coughs> excuse me because what you don't want to do is end up caught out and crashed and with a broken leg say with no way of contacting everybody that could go badly so take the necessary precautions what would have been good is if I had a sling in my back or something. That would have been ideal, but I didn't. <laughs> um, so, I think they're the main lessons, I think, to take from the day. Um, but I think they're really, really important ones. I hope that you kind of, like, notice next time that you're going on a ride and you feel stressed or rushed, please slow down and chill out and get yourself into a better mental state before you start doing some hard downhills. Um, because it doesn't need to be the worst crash in the world. My crash wasn't a particularly difficult section of trail it wasn't a bad crash it was just a bad luck crash it was just that when i fell it was instant my right wrist went out and all of the force of my body went straight through that wrist at 15 20 mile an hour onto solid rock 
but I've had way more dramatic crashes where you go flying over the bars through the air and walked away unscathed. It can happen fast and it can happen on a section of trail that isn't that tough. So just be aware of that. So we got to the hospital, Sophie took me and we got x-rayed and all of that malarkey. And then by the end of the day, it looks like I've broken the bottom of the fractured, the bottom of my radius, which is the bone that essentially runs above your wrist bone that runs above your wrist. I'd fractured the end of that. And they thought I'd fractured my scaphoid as well, which is a bone that I found out afterwards can take months to heal, like six months to heal. So went home that night feeling thoroughly fed up. But it had happened, you know, I was um, in one of those half casts in quite a bit of pain. And then, yeah, it was home time. So this takes me on to kind of the next day. So, ah, I'll tell you what I have missed, actually. This is this is important and this is kind of a good lesson. So on that hour and a half walk back to the car, I was kind of certain that I'd broken it. I was 99%, 99% certain. And no word of a lie, on that hour walk, hour and a half walk back to the car... I was thinking of new goals that I could set whilst I broke my wrist. So I was thinking, right, I'm probably not going to be able to ride for at least a few weeks. What can some goals be? Okay, I'm going on holiday in August. So I'll focus on getting a bit leaner and looking a bit better for my holiday. And I've also got a few muscle imbalances. So my left arm is weaker than my right arm and my left leg is weaker than my right leg. So I know I'm probably not going to be able to train that right arm. So, okay, I can train my left arm. And I was thinking about all these things I can focus on on the walk back to the car. So you're kind of going straight away into not down in the dumps, how have I done this, what a moron. You're focusing on the positives and what you can actually do to move forward like instantly. And I think that's a conscious decision. You can choose. I could have chosen on that hour and a half walk back to feel fed up and down in the dumps but I decided to try and focus on something positive and then throughout the whole hospital experience as well I was trying to crack jokes with the nurse and just stay positive really because it makes it easier for you to deal with and it makes it easier for Sophie who was with me to deal with it too and so the next day you kind of woken up I knew that I broke my wrist I knew it was going to be a few weeks and I was just waiting on a CT scan which is like a more advanced x-ray essentially to tell me whether I needed surgery or not so I was like right what can I do to focus on getting better so I started to research all the best supplements to take for broken bones and I ordered all of those so I've been on tons of supplements like last 14 days I've been on from memory a multivitamin omega-3s so omega-3 help the inflammation and the swelling go down um, which you need to do when you're injured i've been on vitamin k which is meant to be good for helping you break uh, helping you break bones for helping you heal bones i've been on calcium because calcium obviously builds bones and i just wanted to make sure that I was in a surplus of calcium and um, I've been on some others that I can't remember off the top of the head. Best bet, if you're listening to this and you've currently got a broken bone, drop me an email to matt at mtb.fitness or go on the website, mtb.fitness. There's a contact form. Drop me a message and ask me what the supplements were and I'll just send you to them. Um, I don't get any commission, they're just on Amazon, um, but I'll send you all the supplements that I'm taking. Because at this point, you're fed up because you've broken your bone, but it's really important that you start to focus on what you can do, not what you can't do. So I was like, right, I can get all the right supplements in. I can take everything that my body needs to be able to recover properly. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to focus on that. So I got all these right supplements in and I was on 14 pills a day. Do they make a difference or not? I have no idea. But I know one thing and that's that it helped me mentally because I knew that I felt like I was doing something to move forward by taking these supplements every day. 
Um, and at least I knew that I was giving my body everything it needs to be able to heal itself. The other thing that I did was really focus on positive nutrition. So I was like, right, I need to be in a calorie surplus. So that means you're eating more calories than you're burning. Fixing a broken bone takes a lot of energy. And that means that you need to eat more calories than you're burning because your body's going to use those calories to help rebuild your bone. If you're in a calorie deficit, which is when you're burning more calories than you're eating, you're not going to be able to recover as well. So I started to eat four, five meals a day, all focused on protein, veg and carbs. And I was snacking on high protein snacks as well. Um, I was also having a couple of portions of fruit a day because that helps inflammation go down and keeping antioxidants high in your body is good for helping recovery, staving off illness, that kind of thing. So this is day two. Sorry, this is the day after my injury. I was kind of like, right, what can I do? The other thing as well was I was focusing on what I could do in the gym as well. So I knew that I obviously couldn't train that right arm because it was in a sling <laughs> and a cast uh, or a half cast. But it, um, I knew that I could train my left arm. So in the gym with a right broken, broken wrist, I've been training my left arm and really working on building up that side. And then I've been training my legs, doing things that, you know, leg press, leg extension, hamstring curl, RDLs, all exercises that you can do with a broken wrist without any issues. And then after about a week, when it started to get better, I was focusing on exercises in the gym that I could do. So things like the pec deck which is one where the weight goes through your elbow in the gym and you can push the weights towards you so that meant that I could keep my wrist completely isolated so I didn't hurt it but I could still work that right side and there were certain sort of hold shoulder retractions where you pull your elbows back and then squeeze your shoulder blades together a load of that kind of stuff and holding it for 60 seconds at a time and you can feel all the muscles in your back working and that's without any weight. So that's an exercise that I can kind of really do to strengthen up my shoulders. And um, essentially, the specifics aren't that important at this point. What's important is that you, when you've broken a bone or when you're injured, yeah, you probably need a few days to recover. I think I broke mine on the Saturday and I was back in the gym on Monday training my left arm. <laughs> but in hindsight, I think that was a little bit soon. If I did it again, I'd wait until about the Wednesday, I think, until I felt like I'd recovered. Um, or you know at least got my energy back a little bit but that's what I did and to be honest I don't can't say I regret it but I was in the gym on the Monday straight after training that left side but the main thing isn't is that you don't default into right I've got a broken bone I can't ride I can't train there's nothing I can do now because that's just not true like you can train the opposite side there's so many exercises you can do I can do intervals on the bike and I can do on the static bike and I can ride just do like an hour hour and a half rides on a static bike as well it's really important that you don't default into saying there's nothing I can do now because there absolutely is. If you're injured, you just need to be able to do what you can do. Um, and depending on what the injury is will depend on what that is. But you need to focus on what you can do, not what you can't do. That's really, 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 really important. <laughs> so that's one thing I would say um, that you need to focus on when you get injured. So this was sort of day one. I went and I finally had the CT scan and over that next week, that first week was the hardest with the injury because I was getting pretty fed up. Like the NHS, I think is an amazing thing and I'm sure that pretty much everybody who works for the NHS wants to make a difference, wants to help people, but it's woefully underfunded. And what that meant was that I needed a CT scan, but I was phoning up every day trying to get one, telling me it can't be sorted yet, it can't be sorted yet. Um, and this CT scan was to see if I needed an operation or not. 
So I'm thinking, I'm eating right here, taking all my supplements. Every day my wrist's getting better, but it's just going to be get set back here if I need an operation. So I finally got one uh, on the Monday. So this was about nine days after I'd broken my wrist. Went and had the CT scan and then spoke to the specialist that same day in the afternoon. And then it turned out that I did need an operation on it. So that Friday, following Friday, which was 13 days after breaking it, I had to have an operation. So I've now had my wrist plated. So I've got a plate in it. And then they basically drill screws into your bone to hold it all in place. So I'm now bionic man. I'm going to be beeping in the air, in the airports. <laughs> um, that happened a couple of weeks later. That first, so then... I had the operation, that all went well, it was a bit of a nightmare on the day, but it all went well and I started to recover properly. I think one thing that it made me aware of is that initial week after your injury, so when I first broke it, that first week, and then when I had the operation, that first week after that, because it was really painful again and I couldn't move it, that's the hardest part of the injury. So know when you injure yourself that that first week after it is going to be the hardest. That's when you're going to be the most fed up. That's when you're going to be the most peed off. That's when it's going to hurt the most and you can do the least because you're just getting used to it and you're probably going to have low energy levels as well for that week. So just know that it does get better a big thing for me through mtb fitness i obviously put loads of content out every day on social media and i have to reply to messages and emails all day every day so i spend a lot of time typing and i couldn't type for the first week i think it was 10 days after i broke it i couldn't type for that was awful because i just couldn't work i was trying to like stab things out with my left hand um it was that was like really really frustrating and then not being able to drive as well sort of losing your independence and having to be driven around everywhere is awful and it was hard for Sophie because she's working really hard. And then some days she's having to drop me in the gym at 6.30 in the morning because I've got some clients or she's having to take me everywhere. She's having to drive me everywhere around. And it was just an extra burden on Sophie. And I think the mental side of that, it was awful not being able to, or it is awful not being able to ride. But I think seeing the effect it has on the loved ones around you is really tough as well. And that can get you down and get you upset. So I think it's really, really important that every day you take some time to focus on the positives and try and set some new goals and focus on getting through it. So that's kind of everything that's happened. And I know there's been some lessons thrown in there. As you can tell, I've not got a structure for this. I'm just chatting. Um, now I'm five weeks in. What day is it? Sunday. Yeah, so it was five weeks yesterday. That's when I broke it three weeks yesterday was when I had the operation and I now have another four weeks and one day yeah four weeks and one day in this cast so that means when I get out of a cast it'll be nine and a half weeks casted up I can finally drive so yesterday I was given the all clear to drive so that's a big thing and we're going on holiday for the next three weeks me and Sophie are going to Florida going to Disney World big kids <laughs> um so it's, it's nearly time to get back on the bike. I've really, 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 really missed riding. Like, I really have. Um, but there's been a few things that I've done to kind of stay positive. So, so I've, I've kind of talked about one. The, the big one is focusing on what you can do, not what you can't do. And I know I've said that already, but that's huge. So, just getting a plan of the things that you can do training-wise rather than focusing on all the things that you can't do. That's really, really important. The other thing, is, I would say, is to set goals along the way. So when I first injured it, I was like, right, I'm waiting for a CT scan. That's my first goal. Get that CT scan booked in. Then when I had a date for that, that was on the following Monday. I was like, right, first goal, get to that CT scan, see what happens. Then I had the CT scan and they were like, right, you're having an operation on Friday. Like, right, bollocks. 
<laughs> that's the next goal set the goal of getting to the operation so had the operation had that done um, and that was quite it sounds stupid because you're you're only sorting your wrist out but it's pretty scary on the day like you're going under general anesthetic and you go into the full-on theater and they put you to sleep and it's quite scary on the day like you are worried i hope something doesn't go wrong with this um, but one positive that came out of that whole thing was kind of a gratitude because you're there in hospital and you're thinking like, why the hell am I, what am I doing here? <laughs> how, have I, how have I ended up doing this, sitting, having an operation? Um, but it kind of gave me gratitude because if I look back at that Gisborne ride when I was getting stressed and rushed and getting angry at those drivers on the motorway, God, if I could ride tomorrow or today, I'd just be so grateful to be out there. I wouldn't give a crap whether it was raining, whether it was sunny, whether there was loads of annoying people or not. Um, because th there's no such thing as annoying people. You just get annoyed at people sometimes. But, you know, I'd be so calm because it's given me a new kind of, like, focus. It's made me grateful just to be out there riding and to be able to drive and things like that. Um so yeah, I was talking about setting goals, setting a goal to get the operation done. Then as soon as the operation was done, I had a follow-up appointment this Monday just gone, which was two weeks post-op, two weeks, two days post-op. So I was like, right, get to that, get to that Monday. Um, two weeks later, that's your next goal. So focus on that. And now I've had that, I've got an official date where I should be getting the cast off, which is the 2nd of September. That's the focus now. It's kind of like, right, let's get to the 2nd of September. Keep focusing. And you're essentially always counting down these dates to the next one because that you feel like you're moving forward. You feel like you're ticking something off. You don't feel like you're just spinning your wheels. Um, that really, really helps you get through it because you're aiming for something. You're moving forwards. Um, and then I've also got some goals in September. So I'll be back on the bike on the 2nd of September. And then on the last Friday of September, I'll be doing my 24-hour bike ride because so I was meant to be doing a 24-hour bike ride to raise money for Alzheimer's Research UK. To read more about that, go to 24hourbikeride.com. And ironically, on the day I was supposed to be doing the ride, I ended up having my operation. <laughs> Nightmare. Um, so I ended up putting that back to the end of September, obviously, because I was having an operation. Hard to ride when you've got one hand and you're having an operation. Uh, so we're doing that at the end of September instead. So that's a really good goal. It's like, right, I'm going to get back on my bike and I'm going to be able to ride at the end of September, raise a load of money for charity, and that's going to be great. That's a brilliant goal to aim for. And the other thing, I'm getting a new bike as well, probably around October, November. So I'll be swapping my SB6 for something else. I was kind of thinking of the new SB140, the new bike from Yeti, but now I'm leaning towards the SB150, which is a 29er, 170mm travel up front, 150mm travel at the back. Um, and I've always, always wanted a pair of Envy wheels, but it was hard to justify so much money for a set of wheels <laughs> so i got in touch with envy dropped them a message or saddleback i should say explained all about mtb fitness and they've offered me some wheels at a really good discount so that means that i can finally get a pair of envy wheels as well which would be sick i've never ridden carbon wheels and i've always lusted over a pair of envies so exciting times so that's given me something to focus on because i've been able to research that next bike and watch all video reviews and find out what bike i should get and figure out what whim with rim with what rim, I can't say that, what rim width I should get, um, you know, and all those little things like that, and it just means that you can keep excited and keep focused on something, so I think that's everything that I wanted to say, really, the one thing that I've probably not mentioned is, 
sort of the mental side of it. There's going to be times when you're injured where you get really fed up and you get down in the dumps and you're upset. Like I've had a few cries from the whole stress of it all because we're going to Disney on Tuesday in two days. And it was kind of like, if I'm having an operation, I'm going to be able to go on holiday or not. Like, are they going to let me fly? And it was very stressful for, you know, me and Sophie. And it got to the point, like a week in where I was struggling to get this CT scan like I, I just ended up crying like i was getting really really fed up and really upset i don't cry very often um but i think that's okay like it's it's emotional when you injure yourself so don't worry you're gonna have big down days like that and you're gonna get fed up you're gonna have days where you just don't want to leave the house and you just want to sit and do nothing and feel sorry for yourself but it's important you try and keep like allow yourself that time but try and keep those days to a minimum so that most of the time you're trying to focus on the positives keeping smiling keeping making jokes keeping moving forwards uh, and just controlling those those mental states because you have a choice about whether you're down in the dumps or whether you're positive it's up to you how you deal with it you know nine and a half weeks in my cast is a long time to not be able to ride it's a long time to not be able to train it's a long time to not be able to drive it's a pain in the ass but it's nine and a half weeks of my life that I'm not going to get back. So I can either mope around for nine and a half weeks. I can drive Sophie completely mental rather than just a bit mental <laughs> if I'm down in the dumps for the full nine and a half weeks. Or you can try and stay positive. You can try and get some good things out of it. Like I wouldn't have been able to do this podcast. And hopefully if you're injured right now and you're listening to this, it should have hopefully brought you a little bit of value. I wouldn't have been able to do that as well if I haven't broken my wrist. So that's a massive positive thing to come out of it. Um, there's always positives out of a situation. So if you do get injured, whether it's for one week you're off the bike or three months or six months or whatever it is, six weeks, stay positive, focus on what you can do, focus on eating really well, taking the right supplements and training the way in the ways that you can and stay positive, stay focused and just drop me an email, matt at mtb.fitness and I'll be more than happy to help with the specifics. But if you're injured, it happens, stay positive, keep moving forward. It's really, really important. So I hope this episode brought you some value. Um, I think I've got pretty much everything kind of out there that I wanted to talk about. I'm sure if you are injured or you get injured in future, you'll come back to this episode. Um, and yeah, I'll be back. I'm going to record another episode straight away now, which is going to be a weight loss specific exercise. So exercise, I tell you, need another coffee. <laughs> weight loss specific podcast so this time next week i'm gonna um put out another podcast which will be a weight loss specific one and i'm also ref- really the can't get my words out I'll tell you i'm gonna get a coffee after this i'm also going to be record another couple of episodes as well so basically there's going to be one every week for the next four weeks for absolute definite and then as soon as i get back off my holiday i'm going to keep recording them when i get back and then keep on top of them so i hope you've really enjoyed it thanks so much for listening to the podcast if you have i'd love to hear from you so please drop me an email matt at mtb.fitness or head onto the website mtb.fitness and just drop me a message let me know let me know how you found this episode if you've got some value out of it and also post it in the facebook group if you're not if you're on the facebook group then you know where that is if you're not it's facebook 
excuse me, facebook.com slash groups slash MTB Fitness UK. Or you can just Google, not Google, you can just go on Facebook and search MTB Fitness and join the Facebook group there and post a message in there and let me know how you got on with the podcast and how this has kind of helped you a little bit. Or if you've got any questions, I love to converse. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for listening. I really, really, really do hope it's brought you some kind of value because at least some more positives can come out of me breaking my arm. At least if it helps you you stay positive and stay focused and recover, that would be a great thing. And I'll speak to you next week for another episode of the MTB Fitness Podcast. Thanks so much.